Hello. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Okay, I think I found a reasonably quiet spot. Okay, I'm talking. I got the other phone up to my face as if I'm doing like a what do you call it? Hands-free call, like <laughs> our souls are like to do. So I just look like an arsehole talking on two phones <laughs> with headphones. <laughs> And a little moleskin notepad in the airport. Who's this wanker? <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He just looks like a prick. <laughs> and they're right. I'm and that was before you held up the two phones. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We now go live to our UK political correspondent, Stephen Byrne. Stephen, are you there? I am here, Tom. Nice to speak to you. Why am I Tom? Because usually news anchors are called Tom. What's wrong with Richie? I've never heard of a news anchor called Richie. Well, I'm the first. I would sorry. never. I wouldn't trust a single word out of a guy called Richie's mouth. Okay, well, fuck you too. Uh, so you're, are you on the ground in the UK yet? No, no, I'm in Dublin airport. Oh. Uh, the flight's not till six fifty-five. Oh, okay. So shit, I thought you were going to be like our like our, our international political correspondent. Uh, we can pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in an international airport, if that counts. Close enough. Um, Steve, I woke up this morning and everything everything was broken. Everyone was screaming, um, which I guess is the order of the day these days. That, that's just how most weekdays seem to start. But what's going on? What happened? The UK general election has gone and turned up a result that people hoped for but didn't expect. So Theresa May, six weeks ago, was looking at the polls, seen herself and her party with a 20-point lead against Jeremy Corbyn of the and his Labour Party, thought, I'm not going to have a better time to do this. I can use Brexit as an excuse to go and call this election, get a fantastic majority, which I earned, which she earned herself, because before she had just taken over from David Cameron. So essentially she was a, a prime minister technically without a mandate, right. even though mandate's kind of a made-up made political term. So she said, right, I'm going to call the election. I'm going to storm it. Everyone was predicting 100-seat majority. Corbyn was doomed. The Labour Party were, could be lost for a generation. But then the campaign started to go on, and she did not turn out to be as strong as everyone presumed. And the end result now is that the Conservative Party has lost its majority that it had and that the, it looks like they're going to have to reach out to the DUP, the uh, Ulster Unionists, Northern Ireland Unionists to form a minority government which is incredibly weak compared to where she even was before the election. It's it's insane. So nobody she, she nobody d- knew this. She, she done fucked up. Do you remember for the feminism episode with Lena she said that we could do a sound review of what feminism was? Steve, would you believe that's what I have in my notes? <laughs> <laughs> Great minds. I was going to ask you so, to do an audio review, which again is inspired by our friends at the Banging Book Club podcast, to do it. No words, just mouth sounds, a review of this election and the result. That That is so easy. It is... <laughs> with Theresa May's grimacing face. And from Jeremy Corbyn's perspective, what would an audio review of that sound like? You know, the start of one of the CSI shows where the guy puts on the sunglasses and there's like a big banging rock tune? Yeah. That's what it is. Well, <laughs> I'll edit that in. 
Okay. <laughs> and imagine a uh, 60-odd-year-old socialist <laughs> with a brown ja- jacket putting on sunglasses. Yeah, looking at you over the top of his sunglasses, smiling, and then winks, and then walks off into the Miami sunset. <laughs> walks off to... You see, this is the hilarious thing. So, Theresa May still technically won. She's the largest party. She is... She has the right to try and form the next government ahead of what her opposition would. Jeremy Corbyn, Labour Party, are still something like 50 or 60 seats behind the Conservatives, but they're counting as the winners because they gained 30 seats and because the expectations were so low. If he had just lost 10 seats, it would have been considered a massive victory, but he went and confounded those expectations by gaining nearly 30. It's crazy. So so the, the when it all boils down, Tories are still in power, but in order to maintain that power, they need to go to the Democratic Unionist Party, the DUPs in the north of Ireland. Yeah, so just a little quick narrative of how it worked last night. So at 10 p.m., the fabled David Dimbleby stood in front of Big Ben image on BBC News and read out the the uh, exit poll, and it predicted nearly to a T what the actual final result turned out to be. And people were dumbfounded, shocked. They didn't really think it could be true. So then everyone was like, well, maybe now the sacred oracle of the election, the exit poll is now broken too, just like all the other polls. Mm-hmm. And there's this uh, sciencey guy that the BBC have on, can't remember his name, he's a pretty Stephen. clever and he, perhaps, but political sciencey guy. He's got like he's a classic-looking academic. One half of his hair was sticking up all over the place, <laughs> just because like he can. And I turned to my wife and I was like, "Eventually, I'm going to look like that." And she's like, "You haven't earned that right yet." And I was like, "No, but I will. <laughs> you will. So I will." Um, he was he was get, he was getting natty actually. He's like, "No, it's right. This is a scientific poll. We work, we know what we're doing. It's correct." And David Dimbleby, I think this might be his last election coverage. So he Aww. was like, "Yeah, whatever." He was a uh, he was having a great night altogether. He was making fun of everybody. Yeah. He was just like have, having his own crack. And um, <laughs> what's his? Does he, he have any like, political oh, well, leanings? No, uh, I think it's neutral. He'd be neutral. He, we might find out after he retires. But yeah. anyone in the BBC that works in like uh, current affairs, you, mm-hmm. you don't know their leanings. In fact, there's a famous guy called Melvin Bragg who used to do current affairs shows. And once he became a Labour uh, Lord in the House of Peers, he had to step down. And now he can only do like non-contemporary stuff because uh. they're, the BBC are really strict about that kind of thing. Right. Which is good. It's yeah, good to have like a non, non-partial people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and no one, nobody thought it could be true because it was just, it was too stunning. It was too crazy. It, the result just, it had something had to be up. But then the night went on, the results started to show that, yep, it was, it definitely was right. And lo and behold, it was. So everyone was like, Theresa May is finished. She, she basically took out a shotgun, tried to shoot it into the air by going, into the air by going, yeah, woohoo, I'm the best. Vote for me. I'm going to have a massive majority. But somehow yeah. she ended up blowing off her own leg. Like, <laughs> it's a fatal political blow. She's weakened herself immensely. I mean, um, I, like myself, most other people that were watching it expected her to be finished. But then something weird happened and the conser- senior conservatives all declined to go onto any news shows or talk shows they were, they were missing. So people were like, two things are happening either they're trying to figure out what's going to happen and they're going to try and knife her and like oust her or she is telling them to stay down and they and that they're going to back her quietly and she's going to be the one that's going to be in the front of this and none of them will get tarnished by it because basically why would you want to take over now the only if it, if a new if a new um conservative leader sound? was to be picked that's one of those little airport carts oh are you riding around on an airport cart while talking to me that would be hey, pretty I'm, great Unfortunately, no. He's. Oh, I think I'm sitting beside the uh, accessibility area, so we might have another one coming by soon. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> I just, I was assuming um, you, you were asking the airport staff to shuttle you around because you were saying, "Do you know who I am?" 
I've got two phones, okay? I'm super I have important. two phones and one podcast. <laughs> um, okay, where was I? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm massively sleep deprived as well. I should mention that I had to get up early for work while also wanting to stay up late for the for the election. So I only got like a couple of hours sleep. Uh, so I don't remember what I was saying. You were talking about <laughs> Theresa May and the um the other senior members of her party not talking and were they looking to oust her yeah. or that's it so it, any anyone that was to take over from her would be also severely weakened basically they would be like the second choice prime minister and the only way that they could really get any credibility for themselves to go from would be to go and have another election and nobody wanted to do that no. because they would lose even more seats it would just be a disaster mm-hmm. so it looks like what's happened is is that they gave Theresa May the go ahead to form this this coalition or it's it, the official details of what the government is going to be haven't been announced yet mm-hmm. but basically she she hit the ground running and she made one press appearance when she um, won her own seat so she made, gave a quick speech there then she disappeared and then she reappeared again saying that she would go straight I think she gave a speech at 10.30 saying that what the country needs now is stability which is hilarious because that's what she said at the start mm. and she fucked it all up <laughs> and she's now still claiming to be the person that can give the country the stability but she also said and I'm going to go see the Queen at 12.30 to ask permission to form a government mm. and it looks like that she she the, the opposition won't be able to get over the line and get a majority so there's going to be a vote um, for the next Prime Minister that's the next thing to happen and likely they will win immediately if I mean the DUP are they're, they're a bit different to the Conservatives they're a different party obviously but they um, they're more right wing so but they, they fit comfortably with them it, it should it should be okay they will pass the vote and she will become Prime Minister again for how long who knows it's it's really hard to figure out what's going to happen next. So she could. It's if they haven't, they can't really have another election so soon. So it's not likely that any conservative is going to want to try and take over from her. So they're probably going to let her go, probably until Brexit is over, and then figure it out then. So Theresa May, even though she severely damaged herself, probably will get to continue in power for another couple of years. Wow. And so tell me this: what led to such a swell in votes for Labour? Because this was um, unexpected to everyone it sounds like it looks like they just had a, gr- a great message so everyone had really low expectations of Jeremy Corbyn mm-hmm. and he went and do- he confounded them he actually did really well in a lot of interviews there was a car from a couple of hiccups that we mentioned before he actually came across pretty good and people were like oh I like that message and then they released the manifesto which was all about um, it's a counter austerity manifesto it was about increasing public spending as opposed to cutting it which is all that we've seen since the uh, financial crash what nearly 10 years ago mm-hmm. so people are they, they wanted that idea of hope and better services and another big point is that he put a lot of effort into mobilizing the youth vote and not only him but like labor and progressive activists um, put huge amount of effort into trying to get people out to vote young people out to vote and it, and that was why they were so high in the polls that people weren't sure to expect because young people have never historically really voted mm-hmm. but now they've they've actually gone ahead and did they they voted yeah, it was impressive. So, impressive to see. Yeah, that's like I think maybe seventy-five percent of eighteen to twenty-four year olds actually went out and voted, Whoa. which is unheard of. Yeah, it's fantastic. So those those factors all added up to him not winning the election, but definitely winning the election for his for his terms on his terms. Mm-hmm. And now he's actually going to get go into the next um, parliament with a pretty decent opposition stance. Mm-hmm. So what so, does the that, that brings me to my next question? What does all of this mean? Like, how does this change the dynamic of the government in general, but specifically going into Brexit? 
I don't actually think it's going to change Brexit that much because, like, when they called this election, the European and, the, and Theresa May was saying, I need to have an election so I can have a mandate to go and negotiate, mm -hmm. and that'll put me in a better position. But the European countries were like, but look, we have elections too. We have our own mandates. Every, we're, your, your one mandate is going up against 28 mandates. So what makes you guys so special? It's, it's just, it's, we're all democrat, we're all democracies here. So I, and then in saying that as well, like she's going to go up against other governments that are just as essentially flimsy and coalitions together. So I don't necessarily think it will weaken her that much. Right. Some people are saying that the DUP were for a softer Brexit than the conservatives were advocating. If you look at their manifestos, mm -hmm. I'm not is that because sure of the border? That. Yeah, that's actually what it is. So the DUP specifically said that they want to have an open border between the North and South because they think that any, it would be really bad economically for Northern Ireland if they were to close up the border with the, with the Republic. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to remember as well that these guys are the Unionist Party in Northern Ireland and they want to do anything they can to try and stop the idea of United Ireland. So maybe... Outwardly, they want to have that kind of opinion, but maybe inwardly, they wouldn't mind seeing a hard border come back up again. But that's just pure speculation. There's no evidence really to, to show that. Right. When do we ever need um, evidence, Steve? Yeah, I'm just going to make shit up. <laughs> I don't really care. I don't like them. They're they're very anti-progressive. They're against they're against abortion. They're against um, equal marriage. Right. They're like there's a lot of creationists that believe that the world was created 6,000 years ago. Like there was controversy it, at the, um, uh, I don't know. I don't read the Bible. The, what's the name? The, the Giant's Causeway mm -hmm. was formed a couple of hundred million years ago by volcanoes. But they, so, they some of the DUP councillors in the area protested against that because they said, that's impossible. It was created 6,000 years ago by God. Yeah, but Jesus <laughs> came down. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this is the kind of thing they're known for. There was also a DUP councillor who owned some farmland that Rihanna was making a music video on, and he turned up to the set and said, "That woman has to put clothes on, or I'm shutting this down." That was him. Yeah, that was, was that was DUP the counselor. Calvin Harris music video for "We Found Love in a Hopeless Place." Th that one. Ah, well, there you go. I didn't even know that's very specific. Magic yeah. witch, pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you notice that we got retweeted by Lily Allen? I saw. I saw. I'm, su I'm super proud of that. How did that happen? <laughs> I retweeted her, and then she retweeted us, retweeting her. Oh, that doesn't <laughs> Magic count. Of Twitter. That's that's no, no, it, very masturbatory on her end. That's true. <laughs> but hey, it, our tweet is on her page. Uh, okay, <laughs> we got out to her nine on her nine million followers. Yeah, I, I'm delighted. Don't you take this away from me? I'm not. <laughs> I'm very proud of you, Stephen. Yeah. Um, not still not so, gonna listen to her music though. Yeah, I don't think she even makes that much music anymore, does she? Uh, no, I think she, she stopped. I, I think she's doing clothes she's, and shit now. Uh, she seemed to be political looking at her Twitter feed, so. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe, um, we'll get her on the show. We'll get her on the show, no problem. <laughs> so, there is a slight possibility that Theresa may, may still resign. So, nobody really knows what was going on when the, when the Conservative Party went quiet for four or five hours in the early hours of the morning. Mm. It could, the most likely thing is that Basically, she wanted to make sure that no one was going to try and knife her by trying to take her down. Mm -hmm. But there is also a possibility that she's just doing this and then she'll step back and let someone else take over. But who would take every hour over that goes this? By, well, Boris Johnson immediately. Really? Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, man. But every hour that goes by that, that, that she doesn't announce that she's resigning, it becomes 
like even incredibly more unlikely that it'll happen. So right. I'd say if by Monday she hasn't resigned, this is Theresa May until the next time the government falls, however long that might be. <laughs> Two and a so, half weeks or something. <laughs> probably. It's, politics is nuts now, man. Political podcast, the amount of business that we're going to do from this, it's crazy. Oh, it's yeah. political gold. The amount of money that we're about to not make is going to be insane. <laughs> Right, I'm going to quickly fly through how everyone else did. So the Lib Dems um, did a little bit better than people hoped. Uh, they got 11 seats, which is up from eight. So that's a you know proportionally a pretty decent increase. Mm-hmm. But they also lost Nick Clegg, who was one of their biggest heavyweights, the former leader. Um, so not a fantastic result. They may have to have a little leadership change in there because their leader didn't really go down so well. I think 40% of people didn't even have an opinion on them. <laughs> On, the, on their leader which is like that's, even worse than that's having a negative worse. opinion yeah you're yeah. nothing to me <laughs> who who are you the, in Scotland the SNP they lost about 22 seats I think in the end it was, it was pretty Oof. devastating it looks like that the Scottish people are kind of reacting badly to um, the SNP's call for <laughs> where are you <laughs> that's a, what's going that's on there one of the things <laughs> I'm running across the tarmac I realised I was late for my flight <laughs> I'm just sticking under a jumbo jet here. <laughs> so, yeah, it looks like that the Scottish people kind of went back, went against the idea of a another referendum. Um, so they 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 lost a lot of seats, and they lost about twelve seats to Conservatives, which, just as a quick aside, is going to make it interesting because those are pretty liberal, pro EU Conservatives that have just got voted in, and they're going to have to share space now with the very anti EU illiberal DUP in this new government. So Theresa May basically has to handle two very different aspects of the political horseshoe of left and right. Oh Good my. luck to her. <laughs> uh, Northern Ireland. Sinn Féin, as well as the DUP, both did pretty well. They gained seats. They wiped out their moderate counterparts. So the SDLP lost all three of their seats. They were like the moderate version of the nationalists in in the uh, Northern Ireland. And Sinn Féin have a policy of not taking their seats. They haven't done it for 100 years. They say, we don't recognize Westminster, so why in the world would we take our seats? And people were like speculating that, oh, maybe they'll come in to try and stop the DUP. But it's just, it's not, it's not part of the Sinn Féin prerogative at all. They just don't care about what goes on in Westminster. All they care about is Northern Ireland and getting a united Ireland. And being in Westminster, getting involved in the politics of that just won't help them at all. So they, they've nothing to gain by changing that policy. It's not going to happen. Right. So, but the bad thing now is that there's no Irish nationalists represented in Westminster. And, yeah, it's just, it's not good. There's no moderate unionists represented now either. So the moderate side uh, and any kind of pro, pro-EU soft, uh, pro-EU side of, of the, of the, of the people that voted to remain within the EU and Northern Ireland aren't represented, which isn't great. Mm. Um, and speaking of the EU, one little final thing that I'm pretty delighted with is that the UK, the UK party have collapsed. Oh, uh, really? Completely? Yeah, totally gone. Didn't get, did absolutely terrible everywhere. The interesting thing is that people were expecting Theresa May to hoover up them votes, but it looks like a lot of them went to Corbyn. Oh, really? Um, it's, it's going to take a lot of polit- political like study to try and figure out why that happened. But yeah, actually, that's, part, that's a large part between the young votes and the... I, nah. <laughs> Coincidence? If we just said that at the start of every pol- political discourse, we wouldn't have we wouldn't be able to not make all that political money. Oh, uh, yeah, I am rolling in that not money. Yeah, I mean, I am not rolling in that not money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's that's the whole thing rounded up. Um, mm-hmm. I can't really remember anything else because my brain is fried. 
So mm-hmm. if there's any quick questions you want to shoot me that I that no, I no, you pretty missed. much answer, answered everything, and I'm afraid of Sweet. of prying you for more information in case your brain just falls out your nose. It's fine. I'm going to be okay now because I'm going to fly over to the UK and then go see the gorillas playing at Margate. Looking forward to that. It should be nice. class. Nice, good stuff. That's yep. me hum- hum- brag- bragging about my own situation. <laughs> yeah. Try swing into Westminster and fix everything on your way back, would you? Ah, nah, like I said, it's better crack to have them tear each other apart. At least I don't have to live there. God help the people that do. Oh. <laughs> it must be pretty must be pretty devastating. Shut up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm moving <laughs> there. Moving I thought there that was weeks. a joke you're making. You see, I've not, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were friends. We are friends, Richie, but I don't even remember my own name right now. Right, okay, I'm going to sign off and I'm going to get a, get a pint. So I'm going to say bye-bye. All right, talk to you later, Steve. Bye-bye. Bye.